Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. I'm George. And I'm Richard. Whoa! There's somebody extra in the house today. (laughs) I'm bringing you some British class. Nice. (laughs) We need a little bit of that. What you call me when you have no class? (laughs) I I, I think I've actually probably exhausted my levels of class, so it's all going downhill from here. Yeah, it happens when you're around us. We're happy to welcome Richard Oliver from the Chasing Tone podcast. Uh, Many of you in the guitar community already know Richard. He is a uh, a stand-up guy and a pillar of the community. I think we could all agree. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, something like that, yeah. Mm. I'm definitely a pillar. Uh, <laughs> quite solidly built, so you wouldn't want to like run into me or anything. He's uh, stocky. Well, I'm six foot tall, but also, yeah, I'm definitely handsome. But yeah, we're painting a good <laughs> picture of me here. So, uh, how are you guys doing anyway? Not bad. Oh, Yourself? we're doing well, sir. It's Saturday evening. I've, I can't tell you what I've done at work this week, but it's been one heck of a week, so I'm happy to have the weekend upon me. Same here. And we're happy that you joined us today. We're happy you watched a movie that you, I guess, hadn't seen before, uh, and neither had George, so this is going to be interesting. Uh, we watched Prom Night from 1980. George, first of all, uh, how are you feeling about Prom Night? Uh, it was great. Um, Richard had never seen this before? Yeah, I was thrown off by that too. Yeah, I it had never really made the UK video shops. Uh, I honestly looked out for every single horror film possible from the years mm. about eighty six to ninety two. I think so. And uh, and you had n- never seen it. This is the first time you're viewing I, it. Like there was there was a bit in I'd never seen it before, and I, I barely even remembered it being talked about. Couldn't even think of many memes where it had been uh, ripped. Clearly, there must <laughs> be quite a lot of tropes that follow it. But mm. I was like, uh, I've never seen this film, uh, Dan, but brilliant. I'll watch it because it's got Jamie Lee Curtis and mm. Leslie Nielsen well, in it. That's interesting. Now, I, obviously, I had never seen it, but that's no surprise right, to anyone the because of the I've show. never seen anything. <laughs> but rarely do they bring me someone to talk about a movie with who also hasn't seen it. Well, and, you and, and I have done it. So that's a twist. Yeah, dun, it, it is dun, a twist. Uh, it was a twist for me this morning when I watched it. And also, <laughs> I mean, I've seen every single film that you guys have talked about so far. In right. fact, 90% of them are like my list of favorite films of all time. So you've done some great movies so far. But to find what? one that I haven't seen in, in this era is, is hard. So happenstance and, and all that. But yeah, never saw it until this morning. Well, Dan's good at finding those movies. That's kind of definitely. my niche. Yeah. yeah. This movie's definitely your niche. <laughs> <laughs> this movie definitely would have been Teenage Me's niche. I have to mm. say, I was a fan of Jamie Lee Curtis growing up. Who was it? Um, exactly. I mean, I, I had a copy of Trading Places that I recorded off the TV. There oh, were okay. definitely segments of that VHS that had worn that out more than others. Run dry, yes. Well, let's, <laughs> let's, not, let's not talk about that movie because that's in the queue down the stretch i think sure. so we don't want to give george any spoilers but let's talk about jamie lee curtis let's though. talk about jamie lee because curtis. i've seen a few movies recently with jamie lee curtis mm-hmm. and i mean before you know we started this podcast i knew who she was you know i recognized yeah her she's face, kind of an icon i keep now now that i've seen a few movies 
when I turned this on, I didn't know she was in it. I didn't know anything about this movie. But I see her name in the credits, and I'm like, oh, cool. And then I see her acting, and I'm like, yo, I love <laughs> mm-hmm. this chick. <laughs> I yeah. This is right between Halloween and Halloween 2. She's because, like, she's... In the fog. Yeah, she's in. She, you know, she's in my life now. Yeah. I'm like, and whenever someone says Jamie Lee Curtis, I'll ex- I'll know exactly who it is now. What's Not c- like that other dude from that other movie. Uh, Atkins, like, Tom Atkins. Yeah, who do you were know like, this guy from anything else? Yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. What's funny is she she was my childhood because of horror movies, and then like my teenage year, she was on a show called Mad About You. You're not even gonna reprimand him with. Uh, uh, oh God. I've heard of the Rich, show. Richard Lewis, who was one of my favorite comedians, which is weird because I was like 14, and he's like he's kind of an adult comic. Okay. So they did a show, and it was kind of like uh, something about Raymond, but in a it, like just a couple. There were no kids involved. Great show. She was an Uber star. For you mean movies. everybody loves Raymond? Everybody loves him. What did I say? Uh, there's there, something about Raymond. Something about Raymond. There's something about Mary. <laughs> there is something about Raymond and Mary. Uh, you do not want to know and, what's in his hair. And there's something about Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so she just kept reinventing herself and then once that show was canceled or ran its course then she started doing a new group of movies so she and then she was like involved in in like freaky friday and and all these different things where she just kept reinventing herself so here how old is she 60 now she's got to be at she's least got to be six, a bit older than that yeah maybe 64 but she looks, I mean, she's still, and her big thing is she doesn't do any plastic surgery or anything, so she's aging like a fine wine. Properly. She doesn't so, like Courtney Cox does. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly for like people my age, uh, A Fish Called Wanda came out, I, I yes. think, about 89. I can't remember. But because it was the, the sort of blend of the Python, so you had John Cleese and Michael Palin, and um, Jamie Lee Curtis and... Mm-hmm. That other American dude who's not Kevin Klein since him, whatever. Uh, It it was massive over here, Uh, and I remember going to the cinema, seeing it. It almost became sort of quotable, like Faulty Towers Mm -hmm. and Python. So for for men of a certain age, Jamie Lee Curtis was one of the biggest uh, Hollywood stars, uh, you know, for sure. So likewise, huge, huge fan of Halloween and. I was really surprised that there was a horror film with her in it. I mean, clearly I wasn't like some kind of weird stalker when I was a teenager, so I didn't just go out looking for Jamie Lee Curtis films, but quite surprised not to have seen this. So yeah, nice nice surprise uh, today. Thanks for that. Now, I do have to ask you, Richard, uh, have you ever seen Road Games? No. Oh, shoot. Uh, <laughs> put a pin in that. Uh, oh, and... Uh, <laughs> So we don't have to hear from Dan in post because I know everybody hates that guy. Uh, Dan in right now is just going to point out it was anything but love, not mad about you. What was mad about you? That's Helen Hunt and Paul Reiser. Oh, Paul Reiser. That's why I almost said Paul Reiser. That's right. Mm. Yes, anything but love. You're right. Thank you. Thank you, Dan and Post, then, today. Hey. Neither of those shows came across to the UK. Or if they did, they were so obscure. Yeah, the Paul Reiser show is what made Helen Hunt kind of like a big thing. The first three seasons are real good. Mm-hmm. My Two Dads is the only Paul Reiser show that ever made it over here. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, and that's as far as it goes. We had, a, we had really poor TV in the 80s here. I'm just going to tell you that. But you gave us Friends, so thank you. Did we? Yeah, uh, Friends is based on a uh, uh, show out of England called Coupling, I think, or Couples. Oh, is it really? I did yeah. not know that. I've seen neither of those because that was the period when I wasn't watching those sort of shows for sure. <laughs> gotcha. I was 
I was busy tracking down pirate copies of Clockwork Orange and Exorcist because no, they were banned over here at the time. Yeah, I was like the only 13-year-old with a picture of Tom Savini on my wall, so I get it. Everybody, <laughs> everybody else had like chicks on their wall. I did that too, but yeah, Tom Savini was on my wall as well. I, I did a talk at school. I, I'm totally derailing this, sorry. I did a talk at school <laughs> on The Exorcist when I was 12 uh, with a pirate video that I'd like bought across from Amsterdam. And as it got to the scene where Reagan lifts off the bed, that the tape got eaten by the video machine, and I never got it back. Like that, that had to happen, right? Ooh, that's spooky. Exactly. So, anyway, I've I've digressed. Let's get back to the uh, wait. The you'll like this, Richard. Film. I went to the Art Institute, and in Philly, and our psychology teacher had us watch The Exorcist. Nice for. Uh, subliminals learning about subliminals and color use of color mood setting color this and that and we watched that movie frame by frame it's such a great film i think they yeah. ruined it with the uh the version that you've never seen before um yeah I, they tried to make the subliminals a lot more heavy and it just oh, yeah. lost all impact but uh yeah there's a scene where a, a horse almost runs over uh reagan's mother when she's walking on the streets it's like a horse and carriage comes flying out from an alleyway yeah, and if if you pause the frame where the horse's head is coming, uh, emerging from the alleyway, it's shaped like a like a pig face, like his nice. his it, the teeth are like it doesn't look like a horse. Whether somebody went in there with Photoshop, obviously not Photoshop, but like with layers and and masking and and fixed, or it just eerily looks like a pig face. But it's really cool. He paused it, and we were all looking at it like, oh my god, did they really do that on purpose? But the whole humming of the bees. I did not know under, that. Yeah, underlining I, track of bees because it makes you uncomfortable. Like, there's yeah. just so many things about that movie. I love it, man. And uh, I've, uh, yeah, I, I, we could do a whole episode just on me talking about that film. So <laughs> I, I will avoid it. But uh, yes. yes, it is a great, great film. Uh, I was really pleasantly surprised with this, though. I'm not going to lie, but probably for different reasons mm. than, than the director had intended. So. Uh, <laughs> Well, I'm curious. At least a couple of different reasons. Yes. So, so Richard, did you take notes? I, I, I didn't think I needed to because okay. the things, the things that stuck out, <laughs> really stuck out. Okay. So, well, on purpose, on okay. purpose. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I take notes. Yes. Um, depends. I, on I the thought movie. about it halfway through. Actually, I thought, should I be writing notes? I thought, I'm no film critic. <laughs> I'm just going to talk shit. That's George's all I notes want. are awesome. Oh, my notes are never, <laughs> never. No, they're not. Uh, Highbrow, they're no. always. <laughs> <laughs> so you... But uh, but I did this time. Nice, good. That's good stuff. All right. Well, uh, it's fresh in my mind, so I'll definitely be able to compare notes with my mental notes. All right, very good. Is there anything we want to talk about before we get to notes, Dan? Let me anything? ask you this, George. I'm going to give you a little bit sure. more agency than normal. Do you want to know the context of the film you just watched before you give your notes so that you can self-assess as you say these things are they're probably wrong now mm. or do you want to just put yourself out there and then i'll fix you at the end yeah but let me put myself out there and you yeah can fix me. let's do the new york ninja version get that bird out that... man <laughs> <laughs> uh all right so here we go prom night uh first scene kids are playing a game yeah Director forgot to tell the little girl that dead people don't breathe. <laughs> Did you guys catch that? Uh, it's hard to get a kid L not to breathe. Little girl's breathing still. She's supposed to be dead. See, I don't know about you in, you know, North America, Canada, 
USA. Over here, we don't let our children go and play in like unmanned old convents or whatever it was. Yeah, we like abandoned buildings. Yeah, I I was put off the film by the first scene by like. <laughs> firstly, we've never played that game. Um, right. That's quite a special game. And secondly, yeah. that looked like it was in the middle of nowhere. Like, where was the parental where responsibility? Are the parents, I, know, right. I know it was supposed to be 1974, and I remember things were a bit different, but uh, I'm just going to throw that one right out there. I have, I have played, not that particular game, uh, games of the sort on, say, an active, not active, but a construction site, yeah. like on the weekends when no one's working there and you get like a half-built building. It's a cool place yeah. to play. Yeah. No, and I've played on building sites too, and probably my parents should have been more responsible, but it was Same. Yeah, the 70s Same. and 80s. Well, the, the, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, <laughs> as, as uh, Richard's talking about it, I'm thinking, okay, my parents had no idea what the hell I was doing from 8 a.m. <laughs> till 6 p.m. Yeah. I was down uh, playing underneath the Ben Franklin Bridge in the, in the Delaware River. I was back uh, <laughs> filming Jason movies in the woods. We yeah. were building forts uh, near power lines. Like, we were doing all kinds of shit. We were playing... <laughs> Playing in abandoned buildings, so that didn't throw me off the game a little bit. But it was more like it was kind of like a game of tag, uh, but it might have been called death it instead of like, tag. It was like hide and seek, hide and seek, tag, or, or like I we mean, used I, played. Yeah, uh, killer, killer is not yeah. not in the no, sort of not. British school kids <laughs> vocabulary of like field games. But the worst, the enough, worst we ever got was jailbreak. We used to play jailbreak a lot. Yeah, cops where, and robbers. Yeah, cops and robbers. Yeah. Were, kissing tag. But this is a different version of Kissing Tag, yeah. uh, <laughs> where you get pushed out a window and you die. Yeah. But yeah, the abandoned building, not weird. Pushing a kid out a window, pretty, or not pushing, verbally pushing a kid out a window, strange. The, the death of the kid was pretty brutal, yeah. I thought, as well. Uh, that, that was where I stopped hating the film. So only took me about five minutes to get into it because I was like, this is really stupid. Where are they going with this? Oh, that's not nice. Right. So that that caught me off guard. So that was well well timed. Well, and they echoed that scene in Halloween Kills a little bit. If you guys yes. have seen that movie. So the yeah. legacy of this film lives on. Uh, that's the new one, right? I've not seen it yet. Well, just wait. Right. When you go see Halloween Kills, uh you'll be like, "Oh, it's prom night." Excellent. That well that's a reason to go and see cuz I haven't found one yet. Oh, I'll mm. give you some reasons, but not on the show. <laughs> so finally, let's end that scene with give uh, that kid's mother an Oscar. Fantastic piece of acting right there. Um, wow. As he's shaking his head. Wow. Is this your first Canadian okay. movie, George? Ne- is it Canadian? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it my first Canadian movie? Does that movie? matter? I didn't even know that mattered. It's a different country, I haven't seen, man. I haven't seen any movies besides the one you showed me, so is it? I think it is. I think this is your first Canadian masterpiece. There's a, a couple of them that are really worth seeing, uh, and this is one of them. Okay. Mm. Okay. Very next note. Laurie Strode is in this. <laughs> Not at all, though, man. The character's completely different. I don't care. She's always Laurie She's Strode. She's more like, this might be a prequel to The Fog, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe after all the events of this movie happened, she took a walk. <laughs> yeah. Literally, JLC. Yeah, we'll call it JLC. Okay. JLC, to me, is just Laurie Strode. Okay. When When Travis came in and we... Talked a little bit about the movie, just a, a teeny bit. We watched Not like much. the very end scene. I again, had to watch the ending, and and he said, you know, he said, wait, now what happened with blah blah blah? And I was like, I was like, oh, Laurie Strode like hit him with his axe, <laughs> and he was like, okay, and we just knew what what we were talking about. She's Laurie Strode. She is Laurie to me. Strode. 
So um, wait, you just wait. I think in this film <laughs> she's she's, like, she's Laurie Strode plus plus though. Yeah, and there's she's a like, lot lot more going on for Jamie in this film than in Halloween. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, haven't we just glossed over the fact that Leslie Nielsen has also appeared at this stage? I don't know oh, that George even he knows was... who Leslie Nielsen oh. is. Oh, I think I do. I because I haven't the heard naked about gun it. police squad. No, no, yep, no, yep. You know him from yep. airplane. I know because yeah. the note is. Let me find it. Um, we don't know what Leslie Nielsen movie he's seen. So, if any. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for for me again, it was it was a struggle because I was like, yeah. right, he's gonna like break into a joke. But if George has never seen him, then he's just like a Canadian actor. Yeah. yeah. My note is principal looks like he could probably fly an airplane. That's nice. my note. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Uh, I just want to say we're all counting on. And you. then later on, <laughs> and then later on, um, principal dancing with his daughter at the prom. He'll be taking off any minute now. Okay. Because again, I'm just like he is airplane, airplane to me. Right. Yes. He'll never right. not be airplane to me. And he was a straight guy in that movie. He wasn't. I mean, he he's always been the straight guy with his 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 humor played off of his ability to be pan, deadpan, deadpan, yeah, like straight delivery. Yep. Uh, like when the plane's crashing and he's like, he goes in the cockpit again. He says, "I just want to say, uh, good luck, and we're all counting on you." Like the plane is crashing, right? <laughs> <laughs> but he's got one of those faces. He's yeah. got and, a face that when you look at it, you want to laugh. So yes. I, I did struggle with the, the, the first scene he was in, but I quickly got into character. It was fine. Same, same. Although he was dancing at the prom and I was still waiting. That for was him. awkward. That yeah. was oh, awkward. Oh, that's, that kind of brings up something, though. I know you have notes. Go ahead. When they're, Dan, you can maybe confirm this for me. When they're dancing at the prom, the scene in Airplane where the stewardess and the and the striker uh, are dancing in the bar and they do the whole disco uh, Saturday Night Fever reference. That I think they were also referencing prom night because there's a part the camera view where they're looking at the camera and they're doing the spinning and they're holding each other's hands and they're spinning and the camera yeah. is the other person's face uh, yes. and they're spinning around and I'm like oh my god they referenced prom night in airplane and no one caught it they all thought they were referencing Saturday Night Fever because they do it in that as well. I think it. it so I could, wonder. I, I think it's uh, if if it were, if it were Snopes, they would say possible but unconfirmed. How about that? Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. I'm just happy I noticed the reference. Now, George, did you catch that uh, the reason JLC isn't involved in the the death of the child at the beginning uh, is because she forgot her school book again, just like in Halloween? Hmm. No. Yeah. I always forget my chemistry book. I mean math book i didn't realize she was that. like oh i forgot That's my good. geometry book and then she ran off and then she's spared the trauma but yeah uh, sometimes forgetting your books isn't the worst thing hmm. totally did it all the time also filling totally. your history book with doobies that's a thing <laughs> yes <laughs> history comes alive slick. <laughs> slick is my favorite character like, but we'll come on to god him. who who <laughs> rolls that many in advance that's what i want to know hmm. Um, that guy. I have a nickname Kids for that guy. Kids in the guy. 70s and 80s. <laughs> All right. I have a nickname for that guy. It's Fat Elvis. Because <laughs> my next uh, note is, no, don't get in the full-size van with Fat Elvis. <laughs> I mean, again, this is a, another real sort of differences between the UK and the US. Kids in the US at uh, sort of secondary school when you can learn to drive around 17. 
They drive around mm-hmm. in tiny little clapped out beetles and mm. like polos. We don't have vans with like full like velour interiors and right. gold well, trim. That's, that's because How do you you're, get one of those? That's <laughs> the reason why you don't have those is because your petrol is like eight yeah. pounds a, a liter. And the roads are like three inches wide. Like how I like <laughs> used all kinds of like <laughs> someone words. parks and then no one can get by if they have a van. So you got to have a smaller car. Everybody's getting around uh, on bikes. I, I mean, also, over here, a van like that is entirely associated with someone who's going to murder you. Yes. Yeah, ba- basically, well, it's one no, of those. That's, that's, it is here. Yeah, that's not a, just over there. That okay, full-size that's good van, to know. Yeah. nothing happens we, good in a full-size van. We reference that a few times anywhere in the watching world. Silence of the Lambs. It's like, uh, you know, if you got the white van, it's like, mm, help me get this couch in my van. Like, anybody who's <laughs> trash-picking, one-armed in a white van, stay away from that guy. He's probably going right. to kill you. Or wear your skin. <laughs> or both. <laughs> or both. Why not both? Or, or wait, aren't you that great big fat Elvis? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Not good. Oh, uh, we're, we're picking on him. He was awesome. He was the best character. He was the best part far. of the movie. Him, him and the giant Biff. They, they are the two best characters. <laughs> oh, big giant Biff. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even. Yeah, no, that back to episode one. You've got proto Biff, but you've also, I think Slick <laughs> is kind of your proto Shelly from part three. Yeah. Only yeah. Shelly takes it in a whole different direction. But you got the van, and you got Shelly, and then this one you got the van, and you got Slick. I don't think that's uh, a coincidence. It, I think Friday 3 was like, ooh, let's cherry pick that fu- guy and make funny, it Dan? funnier. Slick's real name is Sheldon. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah. See, that's not an accident, guys. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. They knew. The story pool was pretty shallow in the eighties. Like, how how else can we spin like a girl running away, falling over, and then being attacked by an axe wielding maniac? So, they they definitely dipped into each other's pools of reference. Oh yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. Really, we didn't <laughs> Jeez, get that apart yet. Richard. <laughs> <laughs> now, George, you skipped something. You skipped something in your notes that I wanted to bring up, and it's the groundskeeper sure. when they're on the school uh, grounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously creepy. The, He's your standard the, the red, red herring hair. in a whodunit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to point yep. that out because prom night is doing something that I have complained about the original Halloween not even trying, which is the whodunit mm-hmm. element, right? Like, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Halloween, it's him. He did it the whole time. And this is why I said at the beginning, I'm, I'm sure there are tropes and memes based on this film, just on the, the fact that I saw so many tropes and memes in the film, like the alcoholic slightly weird lives with his mum 40 year old uh mm. janitor who's also being played by a 20 year old the uh, bobby, like, bobby boucher <laughs> totally <laughs> like s- set up like you know he's not going to be anything other than a good guy but is he that's the kind of premise again and i was like oh man that's just so so good so well done that was one of my elephants in the room what you have this greenskeeper groundskeeper whatever he was uh, who looks like he's 45, right? He fits that mm-hmm. that possible psycho, you know, trope. Mm-hmm. But all the high school students look like they're 38. So it's like... <laughs> That's true. I mean, I'm looking at these kids. I'm like, it it suffers the same thing that Greece suffers with. Like, they, they went for certain people for parts, but they didn't bother saying, well, he does look 29, yep. but we're going to put him in there anyway. <laughs> that, like, was, that was one of my... When we watched Halloween, the first Halloween, I said that... Uh, JLC looks too old to be in high school, mm-hmm. right? But she actually was 17 when she made that movie. I know, so it's but funny. It's, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. How? I mean, th- what's the timeline with this movie? She's and like Halloween? 20 in this, I guess. 19. So this came out a little bit after Halloween. Yes. 
Okay, because she looks even older in high school. Yes, in this well, movie. it's the cut hair. As soon as she started making her hair short, she, she started just, to look older. She looks older, more, uh, I guess, uh, just more mature. Yeah. Like the long hair, they kind of gave her that you know rushed look, babysitter, not caring about her, mm-hmm. which, what her parents. The next movies, because you in in the fog, she was kind of in between. Laurie Strode in this character. This character, she's like, looks like she's ready to go clubbing every night. Like she's just always done up. Her this character, always... she looks like she could be the teacher. Yeah. The and class. then the scene where she comes running out of the the changing room and and everything's kind of out. It's like, holy shit, she's like 40, 35. She looks like a full like adult. And people and... looked older back then, though, as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, I guess so. People in their thirties and forties look like people in their seventies now. They all dressed in that sort of jacket and trousers yeah. and shirt look that no one does these days. So I think it was just part of how people dressed back then. It's like, true. It was all a like, bit how, weird. How old are you, Richard, if you don't mind me asking? <clears throat> I'm 46 years old. Okay. So uh, you and I so are the same exact age. Yes, I was born in 75 yeah. as well. These two Perfect, were born yeah. 10 years later. So we can... More than that. Like, I remember people... Look, I always thought, oh my God, that, that coach is like 50 years old and he was like 19. So... Right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like when my granddad uh, retired from his job, he was like 65, and I thought he was absolutely ancient. And I'm hanging on to that now, thinking, I haven't got long to go. That that better not be as ancient as it looked when I was a kid, <laughs> right? So... Things have definitely moved along, but yeah, everybody in this does look like ten years yeah. older than they're supposed to. Be, yes, except definitely. for Slick. He looks his age. He he Absolutely. rides his van. He looks like he could be at high school and shouldn't be allowed to drive a van. I'm he kind of looks like Glenn there. Glenn Danzig if when he was in high school. Like <laughs> <laughs> when I was looking, at it, I was like, oh my god, is that Dan? No, it's not. He's too. And good for him too, because he's like like way above his. Uh, what do you call that? He punched above his weight with his date. Yes, way above, way out of his league. Yeah, or, or yeah. the the women oh, the he's chi- picking up in this van. Yes, like, and good he had for him. Some I pick guess. up lines as well. His his pickup lines exuded male confidence. You know I, what? I, he was slick. Yes, but he's still fat Elvis to me. Yes. Slick I love when he was in the car and she's like, "Do you want anything?" He's like, "No," and she's like, "I'm buying." He's like, "Oh, then I'll take like four cheeseburgers and give me a two oh. milkshakes." <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, because he doesn't have any money. Oh, and what's his face too? Uh, Drew, like Drew had no game, man. Mm. Oh God, it was brutal watching Drew. Yep, I <sighs> I can see like a Bill Paxton playing Slick. Like, I would I would have I would have paid money to see Bill Paxton do that character because he kind of did in in Aliens. He was kind of that dicky, you know, kind of character. But I don't know, didn't have the hair. No, um... needed a mullet. <laughs> I have to say, one thing came really clear at this sort of point, though. The direction of this film was really well thought out. The composition of every scene literally follows the rule of thirds in, in like, photographic composition to Mm -hmm. the T. And when you Mm -hmm. get to where we're coming to in a minute, when you've got the sort of phone call situation, some of the way they did the shots there were brilliant. I was like, this director is filming, like, he should have been filming The Exorcist, but instead he's been given the Canadian Halloween to film, mm. but he's filming it <laughs> as if he's filming The Exorcist. Yeah, true. Mm. Honestly, it was really, uh, I mean, maybe it was that sort of time of the day for me, but it was really striking, especially with when they do the stuff with the phone receiver, the brown phone, and they're kind of 
interspersing scenes in between it and the way that the the sort of pencil was tapped on the the page i was like this dude's well above his pay grade <laughs> whoever yeah. the art director is here he's he's filming for an oscar he's not gonna get it but fair play <laughs> <laughs> not gonna yeah. get it no but no i agree like the pencil tapping was can you explain to me why eerie? he crossed the name off of somebody that didn't, oh, because, answer, he didn't was, answer the phone? because he was angry. That's why he was really angry. Yeah, he, yeah. he did it with. Oh, a okay. Pen. And that came through. That came through the pencil. The pencil. So that's some good <laughs> directing right there. Uh. Killer. Killer was angry. Scribbles with the pencil. The pencil told you everything you needed to know. Okay. So my next note is ah the old don't tell anyone there's a homicidal maniac on the loose plot device, and then I asked myself what year did Halloween come out? Hmm. I shot him six times. <laughs> like, no, don't, t- yeah, don't tell anybody. Don't, yeah, we don't want everyone to be. Afraid. Death has come to your town, sheriff. <laughs> uh, I can't I do that in a Canadian presents. accent, so I'm just gonna skip that. So, definitely the Canadian Halloween. Uh, that's when I realized it, anyway. Okay, now it's time for facts I just made up. Did you know that ashtray? That's uh, that's Biff. Um, ashtray's car. <laughs> Uh, will go on to become the Ghostbusters car. It's true. <laughs> you wrote that uh, down. Speaking of, of cars, one of them drives a fant. What is it like a Corvette or Wendy? A, a, yeah, Wendy, Wendy yeah. drives a vet. Again, I don't know where where you teenagers yeah. kind of get your money from in America, but no, we were driving like yeah, but <laughs> like even the rich kids over here were dro- driving clapped out. I mean, that is a rich kid over here. Well, like, my, to have my a Corvette, first car. No, that's a, like a that's a rich kid over here yeah. too. Don't, no, none yes. of us got Corvettes when we were in high school. I think you're all underestimating the the power of the Canadian dollar. Okay, let's not okay. forget. Definitely. <laughs> or it was the car available to the uh, production art, uh, designer, but yeah, like my first car was a nice was car a, though. Yeah. Very nice. I got. I think my brother bought his '78 uh, Camaro. It was had racing stripes. It was beautiful, Fair and enough. it was it was like. I think he paid like twenty eight hundred bucks for it in ninety two. So and how old was it? Seventy eight to ninety two. It's okay. it was a seventy eight Camaro. Yeah, and but it was decked out. I was, it was just beautiful. trying to figure out how old right. the car yeah, was. The chrome yeah. chrome mags, like all these different things, and then he, he let me drive it. So that was my first car. So you don't really know where where Biff got the car or where uh, Slick got the car. It could have been his brother's car. He's or, letting him drive Wendy it. He, yeah, or maybe it's his parents' car. Wendy had the nicest car. It's not like Clueless where everybody's driving around in Beamers and, and uh, you know, right. brand new Wranglers. Well, it's easy to do that when everywhere you go has valet. Right. Mm. That's true. <laughs> Can't do it on the roads of England, as you said earlier. The roundabouts will yeah. just confuse everybody in a Corvette. Oh, With yeah. those tires, you'll just go skidding off into a bush somewhere. And then you get stuck on the inside lane. You're like, kids, Big Ben. Parliament, <laughs> kids, because that's that's all there is in England. Yeah, that's Russ. that's the whole of England. <laughs> Russ, Russ, it's Big Ben. Uh, that's a vacation movie. Uh, obviously, I love that, that scene. I, haven't seen. I just can't get left. <laughs> or no, I can't get right. That's what I was. I don't he, was know. he was on the inside left lane. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, but I can picture. Oh, it. it's, it's so funny! Such yeah. a great film. My cousin from uh, from New York came across once. We went to a garage to get some smokes late at night. He he was probably not all there for driving. And uh, mm. he got on the road and uh, drove on the wrong side. And I, we were driving along. I was like, dude, you're on the wrong side of the road. And he's like, oops. So <laughs> it, it is a real struggle. I've been there. And, and he was born in this country too. 
What side of the road? They drive on the opposite side. No, they there. don't. Yeah, they do. Yes, well, they we drive do. on their side. <laughs> do you know why we drive on the left-hand side? Why? The steering you know, wheels why on the wrong side of the car. No, yeah. why? <laughs> uh, because when we were approaching an army, like most of our soldiers were right-handed. So oh. our swords would be like pointing oh. outwards to the right. And it was Napoleon who went... This is all probably complete bollocks, by the way. So this is just what <laughs> people in pubs internet. have told me. Yeah, people in yeah. pubs have told me this. But apparently it was ne like Napoleon marched his armies on the wrong side. So anyone who uh, who uh, drives on the side that you guys drive on is basically a friend of Napoleon's and not a oh, friend shit. of ours. Mm. I'm sorry. Well, why didn't they just flip the side of the sword and then they wouldn't have to change all the roads? <laughs> Well, because they'd have to change. This one goes to eleven. <laughs> this one goes to eleven. Right. <laughs> well, the French, I have no idea. the French did help us out, so yeah, we're both right, I guess. Yeah, or we're both left. It doesn't matter. Gosh, we're really bringing up old wounds here, boys. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're gonna get through it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I was gonna say the French definitely helped the Canadian with this film, though, because there was a lot of style to the uh, lighting and direction. I thought mm. so. Back on track, like a pro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good segue. Thank so you. I think I think at this point uh, in the movie, uh, people are about to start dying. Right? I think so. In Maybe they might. So, they might wait till the end. <laughs> um, I mean, where where we're at. Um, my next note was that watching white people dance is like trying not to look at a car wreck. Mm. Do you know what I mean by I, that? I don't relate to that, but I hear you. So like when you drive past a car wreck, mm -hmm. like you can't not look you at it because it's so terrible. Well, That's... even the white guys that can dance, they still watch those people and laugh. Now, so. I don't say white. Like, I'm not going to say, you know, <laughs> all, white people, all, all white people can't dance. There's some white people that are really good at dancing. This movie is what they're talking about when they're talking about white people dancing. Yes. The stereotype. And sadly, it's because that's the way dancing was back then. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like the Napoleon Dynamite moves? Yes. That they were doing? Yeah. Which um, makes Napoleon Dynamite even funnier. Yeah, I thought, I thought of my parents. Yes. When I watched these dancing scenes. Which I've never seen your parents dance, so... I, I... See, it doesn't make sense to me, because my parents both danced on American Bandstand, so... You well, your, whole, your family... Yeah, they, you're they, good dancers they were not family. the good uh, the example. Yeah, That's I a weird was... flex, is what that is. What do you mean? I don't even know what American Bandstand <laughs> is. American so Bandstand. What? Oh, wow. Richard doesn't know what American Bandstand is. It's I can like guess a... from the words. Like, I'm intelligent enough to take two words like that and figure it out, but... <laughs> <laughs> Do you Generally, know who Dick Clark is? Dick Clark? Yeah, I, I do okay. know who Dick Clark is. Do you yeah. know who Jerry Blavitt is? No idea. Okay, well, Dick Clark used to run a, a TV show that in New York City, and they branched off and did a Philly show as well, where basically people just danced on TV to current popular music. Right. And yeah, then they I had didn't... their f featured dancers. They had guests come in and sing the songs. So my parents were dancers on those shows. Okay. That's a good pedigree to have. Yes. Uh, yep. Over here, we had a program called Top of the Pops, where bands would go on and mime, and uh, pedophiles would roam around the audience. Uh, oh and we're not allowed to show episodes <laughs> of it anymore, wow. because oh that is actually <laughs> literally true. That's wow. not, even, <laughs> not even a joke. That escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Did they have white vans? You should probably point out, Richard, that it wasn't by design that you had pedophiles roaming the crowd. <laughs> no, it was or, just a, or was a horrible it? coincidence. Was that in the pitch? <laughs> the pitch of the show? We need pedophiles. No, nah, I'm saying it. We, we need pedophiles. <laughs> Pe <laughs> pedophiles. Yeah, we, have, we, need, we need to have these people dancing, but we need pedophiles to be walking around. Uh, maybe a few white vans. I don't know, but we need to have this. 
Oh, wow. man. Wow, yeah. that escalated so, quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, over, over here you wouldn't get people flexing so much about, you know, I was a dancer on Top of the Pops and oh, wow. Jimmy Savile and uh, and uh, Gary oh. were on it at the same time. So. Yes, that name you just said, I know what you're talking <laughs> might, about now. Yes. Might ring a bell now. <laughs> Sorry, anyway, yes. back to As soon as you beautiful... said that name, I knew what you are talking about. Okay. <laughs> beautiful, colorful Canada. Yeah. So one thing I think George needs for context, and maybe you already know this, George. Uh, this movie is filmed essentially right as disco is dying in the United States. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with the death of disco and all that stuff? Uh, Are you aware that it was like a national event? No, <laughs> the, I'm not. The yeah, people rose up against the tyranny of disco and uh, baseball park had a giant, like bring all the disco stuff you can. Let's burn it in the big pile because disco is dead uh, in 79. Have you heard about any of that happening? No. Well, that happened and it's mm. bonkers. Uh, this movie is okay. shot like a month after they burn all the disco stuff, but it's in Canada. So I guess the word hadn't made it north yet. They weren't. A, yeah. It's really interesting, it though, yet. because what you're going to see in a couple of years, there's that movie Flashdance. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a couple other real dance. Foot, footloose. 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 Uh, a lot of 80s movies centered around modern dance, like post-disco dance. And there's going to be a bunch of slashers that feature elements of flash dance and the other modern disco post disco dancing this is the only slasher i can think of that is like primely in the actual era of disco so it becomes like an historical document a bit getting this ridiculous dancing from jlc and company Mm. Mm. she had some training i mean you say ridiculous i'd like to say beautiful dancing yeah i thought thought it was elegant elegant she had moves a thing of wonder i mean she had like a 10 minute disco focus section in the film that was intense mm-hmm. and well there's a movie called perfect i think was that uh the one she did with john travolta where she was a yoga like not a yoga like an aerobics instructor and wow like the movie's JL- not good jlc was yeah the movie's not great oh, it's not even that. really good but she's <laughs> it's like 80s let's get physical but like sexy as hell Mm. And she's like leading classes, and he's like flirting with her in the class, and mm-hmm. like she's just up there doing her thing, mm-hmm. and it's like, damn. But it's more aerobic yeah. than it is disco. I mean, yeah, no, it's not disco at all. Is it the kind of uh, movie that could be playing in, say, like a morgue in a Jason movie? Yes. Yeah, but yeah, a little it does, bit more actually. serious, more serious. <laughs> yeah, it does fit yes. Friday Four pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so people start dying. The Kelly kill was good. It the was silent, the, it was the, the first the silent yes I, the first kill. Up. I said um, I like how everything slowed down for the Hitchcock hear it but don't see it yeah trick very good. I just I love it like yeah. how it slowed down and it gave you like you couldn't miss it. It was as intense for the viewer as it was for the person being slashed. I love it. Ten out of ten. Every scene featuring Fat Elvis is so cringy. <laughs> this is the next, the next kill. Um, we already talked about a lot of the things that happened in that scene. Just, I'll just leave it at that. So cringy. Did you notice that they actually stole the order of kills from Halloween at this point? Because you get the throat slash, just like you get Annie's. And then you get the couple kill, just like you get uh, totally uh, PJ Souls and her and Bob. Mm-hmm. But they reverse mm-hmm. the order of the kill. Because they right. kill her first and then him. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's the same. They're just taking the Halloween formula and just turning it 180 degrees. Totally. Yes. 
I didn't notice that, but now that you mention it, yeah. And then Michael was at the dance. Did you see him? No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did that to me in the in the Halloween episode. Yeah. And uh, and Tom Atkins was you, there too. Did you, you see Mike? Did you see Michael in this in this scene? No, I didn't. We'll get back and oh, watch. Oh yeah, he was there. out by the car. He's yeah. right there. He's right there. You yeah. just don't see him. He's there. Are we just going to gloss over the fact that Slick managed to do yes. his moves and punch the guy out of the van? That yes. was awesome. We're going to gloss like, that over. <laughs> Kung Fu <laughs> Fat Elvis had to be seen. Just like, get the fuck out of here. Bash. Yeah. Nickname is solid. It wasn't it bad. <laughs> um, yeah, it was good. I liked how when he backed the van up trying to run the killer over, which was very smart. Uh, the van doors magically close, <laughs> which I thought there was a lady's head hanging out of them. <clears throat> Sorry for that frog. Um, but apparently, apparently not. Apparently, apparently not. I was mistaken. Um, I also There's enjoy a lot of cheating in this movie. I also enjoy know. how the the van exploded midair before it hit anything coming <laughs> off the cliff. Did you guys catch that? Well, he had a stinger missile in in the back of his. Uh... It was a test site. So. That that scene did not do it for me as well as the first one, but they can't all be winners. Uh, moving they on. They can't all be sleeping bag kills. Moving on. The tree. My next note, I'm calling it right now, it's the ambulance driver. <laughs> okay, my next note. You mean Roy? It was Roy, yeah. It was Roy. Okay, so I wrote down kill, 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 toss her out the window. This must be the Wendy chase. Mm. I love the parallel. Between in the Wendy chase and the game, mm-hmm. right? Beautiful. Wonderful. Um, I wrote when she was in the garage, don't bother with the cars. They never start in these movies anyway. Unless you're a virgin, then you might you know, have some luck at the very last second. Maybe she was. Maybe she was just putting up a front. Maybe. Again, yo, I'm loving this Wendy chase. Wendy kill was good again. I was actually kind of rooting for her, but oh well. Mm. Let's talk about Wendy. Let's a talk about bit. Wendy. She was... Her name is Eddie, by the way. That's weird. That is weird. <laughs> her real name. That is weird. She was uh, not nice, right? Yeah. She was not nice Typical as a kid. Typical mean girl. She was yeah. not nice as a teenager. Um, she was very... nice as a 40-year-old high school student. Very, <laughs> in, very entitled. <laughs> you know, just, just very selfish, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. However, when you're fighting a slasher, I, those could be, you know, useful qualities. Mm-hmm. Right, so it keeps you from being the final girl, though, unfortunately. Right, and I and that's what I thought. Well, actually, the first kill, I I thought that I was like, what? Well, hold on, she's they broke the cardinal rule here. Yeah, well, you don't know what her backstory is. Maybe yeah, she's... you do. I think they they tell you that. Okay, don't they? I don't know. Well, this is different. This is like a revenge killer. Uh, so it kind of throws things out the window because if they're involved in the incident that he's re- avenging, then. Their background really doesn't matter. Now, they might escape death. They might be attempted. Like, we don't know. Maybe he didn't slice fully deep and they fit, they save her. I don't know. Does everybody but, know what uh, what rule we're talking about? I the virgin so. lives rule? I think Dan left. I'm here. I'm, <laughs> I'm just letting you get it on tape so I can okay. fix it later. I mean, okay. I, I would... So you yeah, can edit I, the, the shit out of it. I, I, I totally get the rule. I mean, I, I was already just stuck on the guy smoking weed always gets killed right. rule, which is right. like the primary rule of these films that seems to uh, stick mm-hmm. in my mind for whatever reason. But yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. The, the order was sort of 
the innocent one you you didn't expect it in the way it happened but uh yeah um, well there were, this... there was a thing back in the 80s and i noticed i don't know if dan noticed this when we were watching uh new york ninja uh when the gang members <laughs> were attacking the car and they were putting like shit through the windows and stuff someone yelled oh the the reporter lady yelled I think they're on drugs. Like yes. it's just like it's, it it's was just always the drugs. thing back then. It was everyone, massive though, yes. wasn't it? it Are was you on dope? Yeah, yeah. Everything's about dope or drugs or whatever. Back yeah, then. we just talked Everything, about one yeah. of the movies where they they blamed. I said it was definitely a Reagan era movie because they were like, oh, I think he was on yeah. drugs. No, I don't. I was remember just what about was. to blame Nancy well, Reagan. I was just this, like, this movie's be- this movie's before them is I believe this one is. Yeah, it was filmed in seventy nine. Yeah. But yeah, no, that that pops up all the time. Like I think it was Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. We we oh that you're right, that yes, a few times, yeah, yeah. I think he's on it, drugs. That was their go-to. The go-to was oh, they must be on drugs or no. Oh, that just... was a freaky film though. I watched that recently because I thought I haven't seen the Nightmare films for ages, and you know, fourteen-year-old me did not see that this was an entire no. gay subtext film. Right. Well, we talk I was about like, it. what? <laughs> How did I yeah. miss that? But yes, it's it's a well-known fact, you know, having sex uh, before marriage, smoking weed, gonna get you killed by an axe-wielding maniac. Fact. <laughs> fact. You know what else gets you killed if you're a shih tzu? <laughs> or th- what, was the yeah. name? what was that dog in uh, Friday? It was a shih tzu in Friday, <laughs> was too, La- yeah. Was that or, or... <laughs> So Anne-Marie Martin, who played Wendy, was a writer on Twister? That's cool. Uh, Wait a minute. She was only like 22 when she made this movie, guys. What's her name? She looked older, though. Anne-Marie it, it Martin. Didn't help. Her costumes didn't help. Anne-Marie Martin. They have her as Eddie Benton in the, in the uh, cast list. Oh, so really? Somebody messed up. Yeah, someone messed up. Didn't you hear me say her name is Eddie in real life? Yeah, I, I was going to Dan and post you, but that's weird. Sweet, do that. <laughs> in, in cast list, it says Wendy, Eddie Benton. So I wasn't sure if that was like a family name or something. That's weird. <laughs> and the name you said is not even up here. And Anne Marie said? You know, That's when you search either. Eddie Benton, it comes up yeah. Anne Marie Martin. So I guess she probably did that movie under a pseudonym and dropped it when she became oh. a writer. That's gotcha. interesting. Hmm. So Dan and Post can be quiet. Yeah, he doesn't have to do anything. <laughs> Travis hates Dan and Post. <laughs> Alternate names it. Eddie Benton. Wow, that's weird. She she's like friggin' Stephen King. She was right, married to Michael <laughs> Crichton. Guys, this lady's <laughs> what, life what? is really interesting. She's married. She was married to Michael Crichton. That's Maybe what it that's says. Why she looked familiar to me? I'm looking at her. I'm like, she looks familiar. She has a kid with Michael Crichton. Wow, is it a Velociraptor? <laughs> I was gonna. <laughs> did, did she make it by getting some DNA out of some amber, or is it half robot and we just don't know it? Right, who knows? <laughs> she, the child looks like a. a yeah, Yul Brenner. I, I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> Holy shit. That's and hilarious. she pops up in Halloween too. Guys, she's more interesting than this movie. She's a friend of the show. She's a friend <laughs> of the show, yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Forget everything. No, I said nice things about her, so forget it. Richard, uh, Hello. You're, you're, uh, you have another uh, podcast that you're on, correct? Correct. Right. So, question for you, from podcaster to podcaster. Do you ever listen to your own podcast episodes? Oh man, I have to listen to everyone because I'm the one who writes the notes about what goes on. So okay. I have to a week later, like Brian will edit it all together, and okay. then a week later I'll get it and I'll listen to it. I don't listen to the Patreon ones because uh, another guy Blake puts those up. 
Okay. So I'm I'm spared that except if I want to. But I do listen back to them. And do you know what the worst thing is? I find myself laughing uncontrollably sometimes at myself laughing uncontrollably mm-hmm. at things. So I kind of think okay. it it's hard to do, but you kind of get used to it after a while. Like I've got over the fact that I hate the you know, the way I sound in every well, single fucking right. word know, that comes out of my mouth. Yeah, well, I can we I make, can see we make fun of George because he doesn't listen to the show that he's on. I can, well, yeah, that's the thing. I don't. I never listen to Brian the doesn't right. either. Uh, yeah. I mean, he ed- oh. he edits them, but he'll never listen to the show, and I don't think Blake really does because who's got time to listen to themselves talk shit? I I let him run while I'm at work. Like it's to me, it's Travis. My, it's my Travis radio. Listens, I listen to him over and over again. Dan, do you listen to the episodes? I edit the episodes, so I, I get really right. intimately familiar, and then I generally don't listen again unless I'm showing somebody something. Yeah, right. there's certain okay. episodes where I'll listen to a few times because definitely. because I I almost never listen to the episodes when we You're first like Johnny Depp. when we first started. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, when we first started, I listened to the episodes just to see how it sounded, like you know, because I was curious. But now that like we're rolling and we're going, I never listen. Mm-hmm. And someone will like a random person will be like, "Oh, I loved this episode," and I'm and I'm always like, "Cool." Maybe I should listen to it. <laughs> I mean, I lived, I lived it, so why right. do I have to uh, listen to it? But there's um, little things when in there. You, like Dan will throw in little things that makes it right. new again. Crap my ass! Just do it, man. Um, when you, Richard, when you mentioned our podcast on your podcast, you mentioned what movie was it? The Exorcist. Yeah, The Exorcist. Did and I? I was like, I remember thinking to myself, I was like, oh, that sounds like a, it sounds like something fun to listen to. I was like, maybe I should, maybe I should listen to that podcast. I actually listened to it again because uh, I, I sort of, I've, I, you know, full disclosure, I don't have time to sort of sit down or walk my dog for an hour and a half and listen right. to a whole podcast. Sometimes, so right. I tend to listen to chunks, and I'll listen to half an hour. So I've listened to like at least five or six of your episodes, uh, like halfway through, and yes. then just got distracted by stuff because that's what happens in life. That's right. us when we're recording. So I hear you. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I went back today and thought, no, let me let me listen to the and I, and I loved it. It was a great episode, and uh, I was sort of talking along to you as, as I did so. But it it what I found listening back to myself sometimes is I I have learned you know the things that I'm doing wrong, like saying mm-hmm. um all the time, like yes. saying right at the end of every sentence, and I, I consciously try and stop myself. But then when you try and consciously do anything, you lose the flow and you don't say the funny thing that immediately springs to mind. So it's a real tough balance. But definitely right. listen to yourself. It, it It's worth doing. To me, it's like it's something I already know what's going to happen, but it's always nice to listen. And then Dan throws in little sound bites or whatever. Or he'll do the Dan and Post or whatever. So it kind of makes it a new show for me at least yeah, once. Yeah, and, and sometimes you can surprise yourself as well. Yeah. Like, you know, you can talk and talk for hours forget exactly what you said which is normally what like mm-hmm. the minute we finish the podcast we talk about something else and i've forgotten everything when i listen back to it, i'm like actually you, you should have probably talked about that a bit more because you you are onto something so yeah, yeah definitely listen back but uh i'm really enjoying your show guys i think Thank you. i was a, i was a little bit like when you came up with the format i was a little bit envious i was like that is such a brilliant thing to do because george I, I don't know whether you realize how similar you are to brian in terms of like mm-hmm. he cannot watch films. He literally cannot watch them. They scare him too much. So <laughs> really? just every single he's got like this hypersensitivity thing. And like every single film I talk about is like, nope, never seen it. Nope. And I'm like, what? You've never seen like, yeah. like little things like James Bond. He's like, right. never seen one. What? 
how can you live life? And you know, he's just never seen them. And, and I guess yeah. you're kind kind of the same. Like that. And that, that's where this show was born because I've known George since he was five because I dated right. his sister, and now I married his sister, so he's in my life forever. And every every year of his life it bothered me that he didn't know things. <laughs> yeah. So like when you he was the best brother-in-law ever though. <laughs> yeah. When he that was like six awesome. or seven, I'm like, wait, you, wait. I, I would say to Jen, I'm like, he, we, he's never, he's got to see Goonies. We got to, we got to show him this. We got to show him that. She's like, oh, I don't know. And then before you know, I'm like, I find out my wife's never seen these movies either. So, and then we had a whole thing where she would see somebody in a TV show or in a movie and she would go, I know that person. And I was able to tell her where she knew that person from. Right. Not the, not the 40 movies I've seen them in, but I had to say, okay, you've seen maybe two of them. So it was this movie you know them from. And she'll go, oh, you're right. That's where he's from. And I'm like, you don't know half the shit this guy did, but you know that movie. <laughs> it used to drive me nuts. So then we're like, at one point I want to fix George. And before, you know, before the reaction videos and stuff i don't know what we discussed we were going to do i think we were just going to sit down and i was just going to start i showed you like aliens and Pre like i showed you a few movies that were yeah, my well, favorites we, before we had an idea to do a podcast you tried to fix me right before i went to college right i was in high school time. and you showed me a couple of things and then i went off to college i showed him aliens on freaking laser on laser disc wow yeah I mean, come on uh, <coughs> no, what kind of a good brother is that that's awesome i Laser disc was a thing of we had to flip that mystery. shit over mid movie. Yeah, <laughs> you also showed me um, my cousin Vinny, my cousin Vinny, and, and Jurassic um, Park on laser disc. Jurassic Park, and uh, there was one other one, The Fifth Element. Yes, was one that you showed. So me. then, jo when George crazy Dan, film, I love that film oh, so much. Yeah. So then Dan had the same reaction. <laughs> Dan's like, I so, gotta fix so, this guy. Yeah, George, how come you never saw? Sorry if this is old territory for all the podcasts. That's okay. Listeners, no, no, but. Good. How come you never saw any films? Were you just not into films, or were you too busy well, watching? It was. Uh, I was watching Rugrats. I think it was a, a combination of things. Um, when I was uh, real young, um, my parents are like super like conservative, conservative. religious, and uh, okay. we there was a lot of stuff that they just like wouldn't let in the house. Uh, like Travis, for instance. Yeah, I wasn't like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> like The Exorcist and The Omen were probably <laughs> off the table at that stage then. I Correct. Get it. Which is ironic because yeah. I'm a convert now, so I'm I'm Catholic, so it's like... Well, I, but I, I think still it's watch well known. Movies. It's well yeah. known that The Exorcist has done more to convert people to yeah. Catholicism than any single film ever, I think. Probably. Uh, and it probably um, succeeded for me. I can people. see that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up in a, a pretty religious house. And, um, okay. And, and my... Um, when I, when I got to the point where I wanted to rebel and I wanted to be my own person, my, uh, my avenue for that was music. So right. I went right into punk rock and, you know, harder alternative rock and, and hardcore rock. And, you know, Nickelback. I was just like music, I was like music, music, music. <laughs> yeah. Nickelback. We, no, he was a big Weezer uh, guy. For Nickelback. A long Creed. Time. Yeah. Um, and that was like my avenue and you know, all of my friends who liked movies, they all tried to to fix me. They all did. I had friends in college. <laughs> like, I love the term fix you. I mean, we would use that over here for castration. Let's be clear. So, <laughs> Same just, here. It, it just yeah. sounds like that everyone wants to sterilize you. No, 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 no. I was broken. Uh, I was broken. And like my friend, my friend, Zach, uh, I, he was a good friend of mine in college. And, you know, he he tried to show me all these movies. And. 
it just we just had way too much Jack Daniels for me to remember mm. any of it <laughs> every time. But yeah, he introduced okay. you to Tarantino, though, right? Yes, he did. Okay, so he, yes, he good, did. good on him. Good on him. Yep. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, that's, 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 makes sense so, now. The the religion yeah. thing I get because we don't do religion over here in the same way as you guys do. We yeah. right. we're very moderate over here. Yeah, generally. we were super conservative, religious, and then my avenue for you know uh, rebelling was music. And then I went to college, and I don't remember much from college. And then, uh, you know, and now I'm older. I have a family, and mm-hmm. uh, I have a budget for recording. And I'm glad we're doing it this like, way because it's it. I'm learning a lot, you know, because of Dan. But I'm also getting to watch movies that I've seen mm. a thousand times, yeah. and I'm getting to watch them with a different eye. And I'm getting to see movies I haven't seen, like this. And uh, seeing it with a different eye, because I obviously Dan knows me well enough to know that I hated this movie, (laughs) (laughs) but at least through the episodes that we've had, I can appreciate this movie for what it is. But there are things as the actor, I'm an actor, director type mentality. I watched movies like this on a level of man that. That was a terribly delivered like, line. Oof. If they would have just said it this way, it would have been fine. Like that gets in my way all the time. So I can kind of, I can kind of say, okay, like if I, I've even said, if I were in this movie, I would deliver it this way, and it would have been much better. And that sometimes I got to take that aspect away because it's an '80s movie. It's Canadian. It might have been uh, filmed a certain way. Maybe they had this and that. And so I try to be a little less cr- critical about movies like this. Now, movies today. But you make a really good point about seeing movies with with your eyes today because, you know, I've watched, like, every film that I love, I've originally probably seen on VHS at 256 lines on a 21-inch TV at best. And watching those films again on, you know, high definition, whatever, screen, etc., it's a totally different experience. And it's great to have an excuse to do it. I mean, I, I just... Like I have time on Saturday, so I'm like, I'm gonna watch all of the aliens films or mm-hmm. or whatever. But a lot of these films really stand up against the shit that they're producing today. Yes, because of the creativity they were forced to 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 tap into, uh, and this film is no exception because they didn't have a special effects budget, but they did have amazing colored lighting throughout. This is probably <laughs> next to like. Dario Argento. This is probably one of the best lit films I've ever seen, guys. Right. You're speaking my language, so, Richard. You're speaking my language. <laughs> like, they, even though I hate this film, I've got to put it out there. I found the deaths a little bit like monotone, and we'll go on to the rest in a minute. And it it didn't do much for me as a horror film. As as a film, I loved it because of the colors, because of the sounds, because of right. you know the uh fat elvis what's not to yeah. love see yes. that's what i love about richard you're my new best friend you just <laughs> speak you spoke my language because you can you can like a movie for certain reasons and you can hate a movie for certain reasons and you should never be ridiculed for having an opinion that maybe both end up in the same movie like right there are things about a movie you can like and then someone says uh, like a half hour is just cringeworthy doc, uh, dialogue where you just want to punch a baby. I've been there. Like I, I've watched, and it's more excusable in the 80s than now. Like when I watch a movie now, the money's there. The studio's backing it. It's millions of dollars. They have actors that have done 30, 40, 50 movies. Like there's no excuse for the bullshit that 
angers me when exactly. I watch a movie. Tell me but where then, Halloween Kills touched you on uh, the doll. I'm not even getting into that, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since that movie this, launched, Travis has been on a tear to hate every I'm, movie. I'm on a tear. No. I, <laughs> well, you know why I hate this movie. I, I don't know that I do. The, act, the, the acting is is terrible. Canadian. No, it's Canadian. It's Canadian. See, over here. <laughs> but there's a lot of uh, like salvageable things in this movie yeah. where I can be like, okay, but like when I talked, when we were watching the, the movie the other night, the New York Ninja, it was the same thing. Like the acting was killing me. The dubbing was killing me. All these things were dip, uh, were just destroying my faith in movies. And then... I watched the documentary and it put it in context and then I was able to at least appreciate what was done. With this, I'm the same way. Like, I'm watching it. I literally watched this movie five times. I never got through it in five times. Did you see the the ending? ending Here at George's (laughs) today because I kept freaking falling asleep. I, I never. I, I had to watch the ending twice today because I was like, "Wait a minute!" Is oh, oh. yeah. So I would uh, not yeah. off, and I was like, "What did I miss? What did I miss?" And I kept rewinding, yeah. and then before I know it, we were recording, and I'm like, "All right, well, I need to know how this movie ends." So I, I, you know, I dealt with the ending, and I, I'm fine. I got the whole movie in. I'm gonna try to watch it again, maybe at a regular regular time, and not after work. But it's like to me, it was as for a horror film, it was boring. It, right, for, but I tell yeah. you what, roll a fat one. Sit back, <laughs> spark it up, and enjoy it for the colours, the sound, and the terrible dialogue. And like the the bit that got me, and we haven't really touched on it, is all the thought sequences where people are walking along thinking, and <laughs> yeah. you've got like Leslie Nielsen the talking to himself into his love it. I was yeah. just like, you didn't need to do this, but you did. You went there. See, it would have been cool <laughs> if Leslie Nielsen was a killer. That's what I kept yeah. thinking. I'm like, okay. I was hoping it... it would be the mum. Okay, I was yeah. thinking, oh, it would have been because she had them. He had the makeup on at the end and all of that. And I just, oh, yeah. it would have been so cool if it had been the mum. But too. But psycho. that's so close but... to 1980. It's so it's so Mrs. Voorhees. I doubt they. Yeah. They would have gotten away with that. I, I'm I'm assuming they were both filmed at the same time, so they couldn't be stealing from each other. So that so, would have been actually funny if it was a woman at the end. We need to get into the context of when and how they made this movie, but I know George wanted to get through his notes first. Yeah, okay. sorry. My oh, bad. Uh, I'm actually pretty close to the end. Uh, we talked about Wendy, how I actually kind of, like I really liked Wendy. Um, you like a mean woman, George. She yeah. was a misunderstood character, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I want to st- her parents. <laughs> Uh, Biff or Ashtray or whatever you want to call him. Um, head on the catwalk was cool. I The best I th- part of the film. I mean, I think, you, you can't gloss over that. That yeah. was the best part. I think that the actor's body under the floor is my favorite effect. We've seen it multiple times. <laughs> now, like... That's a Savini Whenever thing. I see a, a severed head or, you know, someone's head looking at their body being stabbed, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, they're, you know, their body's under the floor and... It's a fake body, but it's their actual head. It's a good effect. Like it is. that just it works, man. Yeah. Like yeah. it just works. When it's done well, it works even better. Like American Werewolf, where that entire werewolf body, when he's on his back turning into the werewolf, none of that is him. Can oh, I man. tell you we, we we've done JLC. We're now on to Jenny Agatha. I mean, ah, oh, don't even get me started on that one. But <laughs> oh, yeah. you, you can't do a, a you can't do a fake head. Like I have never seen a fake head. That has actually made me like yeah. reel a bit in horror. They it's just true. look so um, sculpted. It's true. You've got yeah. you know, and, and the, even CGI. You have to 
they, they still can't do CGI faces like perfectly. Mm-hmm. I know they do a lot of sub-skeletal muscle crap now, but even so, nothing looks as good as a real head and gives you that shock value. So I love they that. They should scene. be lopping heads off on the set, definitely. Correct. Make it look real. <laughs> Gotta commit. Correct. It's in your contract. You have to be beheaded <laughs> at the end of this movie. <laughs> um, anyway. American Werewolf. Yes. You know how... Um, I have this, you know, like this side chick where a bunch of my friends, like we all like take turns picking movies and watch them. Yeah, you're your it's, your mistress. You yeah. Know about her. Um. So it was my turn this week, and I made everyone watch American Werewolf. Nice. So how many of them haven't seen it? Uh, a good few. Nice. A good I few. mean, at least at least four of them. So much of that film is legendary for for us in England. Oh, I mean, sure. not not least the fact that you've got um. Rick Mail in the pub scene, and Rick Mail means very little to Americans, but to to British, he was like, I don't know, he was kind of like a Bill Hicks type character over here, just like a comedian that was taken too young, uh, that mm. everybody loved, everybody loved him, uh, and and he had a a little role in the pub with um oh, I forget the other guy who was in Alien Three, I forget his name. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I know you're talking about, but the, actually the, the best cameo in that movie is Rick from The Young Ones. That's it, Rick Mail, Rick from the yeah. Young Ones. That's Love that's that it. Guy. It's like spits out his beer in 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 the slaughtered lamb, which is such a. I mean, I've been into pubs in the UK that are like that. There, that <laughs> still exists today. There are parts of this country where you could walk in and like literally everybody just stops and looks at the funny that's Americans. Funny. So yeah. So uh, America Werewolf for you is like Rocky here in Philly. Oh, like, such a great <laughs> film. Yeah. Like like we live. Five minutes away from the art museum that he runs up the steps. So right. it's like yeah. Rocky Balboa is our, you know, American yeah. werewolf, I guess. Uh, I love that. I, I love that film so so much. Yeah. I love that that pub scene, the the exchange when they're asking if they can get food or if they can get like, you know, hot chocolate or whatever, <laughs> and she's like, and she's like, no, we have beer and we have spirits. You know, if you if you want something hot, then you can have tea. And he's like, "Well, can we have? Do you have tea?" And she's like, "No, no. but I can make you some." <laughs> but like, it's so honestly, good. no. There are still no, places no. in England like that. That's the horrible, weird thing. You can, <laughs> uh, I mean, dudes, if you ever get a chance to watch a comedy called The League of Gentlemen, just don't hesitate. Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. Uh, okay. But yeah, now, I'm going to divert onto American Wealth. Fate. I love that film so much. Yes, anyway. it's one of my, one of my favorites. It's, I'm glad it's now one of George's because it was, I it's was one of mine. Yeah. About that. Very good. All right. So, so we're notes? at the, we're at the very end now. Um, of your notes. Yeah, I I just wanted to say a few things about the end, the, the things I was thinking. Because you were here at that point, and yeah. I didn't write down my notes at this point. But um, I thought we were going to see a uh, a Friday 4 type uh, type beating right. or killer killing. Uh, not so, but, no. uh, but it was there. That was what I thought when it was happening. And um, at the very end had a, I think it's Friday 5 feel to me uh, what the reveal? when the yeah when the killer is unmasked and i was like okay who the hell is that oh uh, right because <laughs> they because they were hiding him so much through the movie that right. when they reveal him it's like wait who was that again yeah yeah they show him once in the principal so office. i was not wrong right it was the ambulance driver kind of yeah it was just well who the hell is that guy yeah right no you're right yeah. And that that's what bothered us the most about five was like yeah you did like, this big reveal this? and we forgot who he was yeah <laughs> it's like, who the hell is this? <laughs> good job you guys don't watch enough uh, whodunits that's what I've determined you're gonna get a whole season of Jalo just for punishment <laughs> do that. oh man can we watch Clue instead <laughs> that's sure. a great film too I love Clue. um 
Oh, thank you, thank you for giving us Tim Curry, by the way, too. Yes, it's okay. He's a, he's, he's uh, a he's an international treasure. He he is pretty damn good. I'm not gonna lie. I am a a, a massive fan of uh, mm-hmm. some of the work he's been in for sure. Um, I'm not big on the Rocky Horror Show though, which is everyone's go-to. But we can have a whole episode on that because I I agree. But I do love. I've done it's, that. It's before. a great film. Yeah, yeah, it's a musical. You know, great, whatever. But musicals and films. Uh, have you oh. ever seen the on-stage musical? Not not the no, movie. No, I, I not... haven't. Ne- nearly, but too okay. many people use it as an excuse to go dressed as fat. No, sluts. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> but if, if you're wow. ever, if you're ever able to see... tell us how you really yeah. feel, Richard. If you're wow, ever... you're a guitar guy, right? Right? I am, yeah, yeah. Yes, so if you ever get a chance to see a, a top-notch theater production of the show, not it performing it in front of the movie on screen, like an actual production oh, no, I'm there, dude. I, yeah, of no, the I'm Rocky there. Horror Show, not Rocky Horror Picture Show, but the Rocky Horror Show, it fucking rocks. And I get it with the movie, and, and Richard O'Brien was brilliant in it because that's Richard O'Brien, but honestly, yes. I... The, the, it, it it isn't the cult film of my childhood, even though it is for a lot of people. But uh, I will right. definitely go check it out. I, I love a musical. We we do go to see a lot of theater productions. What well, we did before the Sweet. virus hit the world. I hear you. Before Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got That's red on one. you. That's another one. <laughs> Your English accents are better than Brian's, though. I'll give you that. <laughs> Our our big quote is, "I'll do it on the night." Yeah, <laughs> on the night. I'll do it on the night. Yeah, definitely. Have you guys actually ever watched the TV show Spaced that Simon Pegg did before any of his like Hollywood stardom? I've seen like old VHS pirates versions of it. Like people here in the conventions, they have VHS. Uh, oh, things. really? I- it's like on. It's like streaming over here on on about four different free platforms. It's brilliant though. It, he plays a geek in it, so it's well worth watching okay. if you like your Simon Pegg. I love him. I do. Yeah. That was another movie I showed George, and it opened his eyes to what he was missing. Oh, and dude, like at the time, I had no reference nah, for no. any of it. <laughs> I still liked it, but like now that I watch it after, you know, what, 60 episodes of this podcast. Yeah. Now I, mean, I watch to be it. Fair, and I'm like, oh, my God. The Shaun so of the Dead was probably the start of the popularization of zombies. I was like, I've been watching zombie films for years, and now yes. it's like Walking Dead, like Return of the Walking Dead. Oh, I forget them all, and obviously all Fear. of the, yeah, you just all of the like apocalypse films and whatnot. And I'm like, back back in the eighties, there were four films, and like getting them was a real treat. So mm-hmm. you know. Zombies well, we did a, a whole block. Dan can plug yeah, that saw, for you yeah. later. I mean, that's we we basically took George from from Night of Living Dead to Shaun of the Dead by showing him all the movies that are referenced. Richard makes a good point, though. When I was in college, showing my girlfriend, now my wife, uh, the Fulci zombie movies, her friends were like, "Ew, zombies! What a weirdo!" And within like five years, you know, they were mainstream, and I looked really smart, but. For a while there, it was touch and go, and, and Maggie, you were right to wonder. The first one I saw was actually the non, I don't think it was George Romero anyway, um, Return of the Living Dead, which okay. was like the 80s cyberpunk, well not really cyberpunk, yes. 80s punk, toxic waste was that the uh, bring, zombie film. 
Was that the bring more? Uh, bring, bring more, more pa- ambulance? paramedics. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Send one. Send more paramedics. Send more cops. <laughs> Send more cops. Yep, we did. But that, that film <laughs> stuck with me. The where, where you got the half a dog in formaldehyde that comes yes. back to life as a yes. kid that ruined me. <laughs> I was like, I hate that. <laughs> that the weird head at the end of Star Trek and pretty much most of the Omen were my nightmares. And that was a weird thing too because when that came out, I was was it like eighty four, eighty five. So I, we were young, and it screwed me up because Linnea Quigley did a lot of frontal nudity, and it was like, wow, I'm seeing this, and that looks awesome. But then she turns into some kind of weird big-headed creature, like an Easter Island statue with boobs, and I'm just like, oh, my God, what's up with her head? Like they, <laughs> The makeup on her was so like mm-hmm. crazy. But she still had a hot body, so it was like, Ugh. And you're like, like I don't know what to yeah, feel. A, I don't know what to feel. Ah! Can, can we crop this? Yeah. <laughs> and we stuck Return of the Living Dead uh, plum in the middle of the spring outbreak uh, because oh, it was I'll written it by out. the same guy that wrote the Night of Living Dead, so it, it fit in our timeline. Okay, I I remember there was some like uh, link, but it was tenuous. Yeah, it was um, like his his sequel to Night of Living Dead without. Romero directing, basically. Yeah, that was my in, in, in into zombies, basically. I remember that that being the fun zombie movie. What's that? The that Return one, of Living Dead. Yeah, oh, yeah all, it's, out it's, of all the ones we watched, I was like, that one was the fun one. It came out at the time, kind of like with the gate and like all these uh, critters and and you know uh, puppet master. Like all these movies came out in the eighties where they were campy, funny, trying to be scary. They had the kills, yeah, but the characters were more. You know, targeted towards children, but it's a horror Dude, movie. Dude, in that in that movie yeah. where the when the paramedics get there and they're like taking the vitals of <laughs> the two main characters, and they're like the paramedics are like, I don't like like they're dead. Yeah. I I don't understand like <laughs> that. Like your temperature is seventy. You have no pulse. You're right. you're dead. You're dead. <laughs> it's like what? And like they're like they're legitimately upset that they're dead. Yes. You know, because like, they're not they, really. They don't dead, really. But they can rationalize. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> that's weird. Re- yeah, that's so good. <laughs> they don't remember dying. Yeah, it's so good. But anyway. <laughs> Um, prom night, prom yeah, night, prom night. Via American Werewolf and Return of the Living Dead. Yes. Love it. Whew. We don't do segues here. We just go off on tangents. It's yeah. fine. Suits me. Now, George, you need some context for why prom night is actually better than you thought it was. Uh, okay. I want to just tell you a couple of things. After Halloween hits in '78 and really getting popular in '79, you have like mm-hmm. an initial wave of copycat slasher movies. And mm-hmm. what's interesting about that first wave, it is pre-sequelitis, right? We don't have mm-hmm. Friday the 13th Part 2, so we do not have this like, oh God, we just have to keep making the same story over and over again, sequel pressure. So what you end mm-hmm. up with is a myriad of films copying aspects of Halloween, but not necessarily the same aspects that would be copied in future sequels. So by like 81 okay. and 82, you've got the formula, you've got the rules. And everything is, you know, Halloween by way of Friday the 13th. And so everything has become homogenized. But what you see okay. between Halloween and the end of 1980, you get Tourist Trap, which is more Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but produced by the same guy, Erwin uh, Yoblins, that did Halloween. You get The Silent Scream, which is kind of Hitchcock. You get The Fog, okay. which we talked about, basically... A uh, continuation of the like the feeling of Halloween, but with you know a lot of uh, story, not a lot of not Pirate a lot of copies, right? Just the same uh, a continuation of the feeling, but not the the story. 
But then you get stuff like don't answer the phone. He knows you're alone or he'll know you're alone, which is just like an exploitation gym. Or stranger calls. Uh, stranger calls. When stranger calls, you get Friday the 13th, when which is calls. Halloween by way of Italian Jalo. You get prom night, which is Halloween again, but Canadian. Uh, you get Mother's Day, which is like last house on the left combined with Halloween. Uh, mm. It's super gross. Uh, highly and recommended. Wasn't there like April, April Fool's Day was another one that came, came out? That wasn't out yet. That that's still, um, okay. that's post-Friday. Uh, but yes. then you get Fade to Black, which is produced again by Irwin the Oblins. One guy produced three movies between <laughs> Halloween and here, uh, which is way more like theatrical. I think Travis would like that one because it's all about acting. Uh, New Year's Evil, which is a pile of garbage. Uh, but came out in December of 80. Like, that's just a chronological <laughs> list of copycat Halloweens so in I thought, one I thought year. everyone just died then because it just went acting and it went silent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, that's my, oh, that's my big hang-up, so it's, it's brought up when we do 80s movies because that's not... It's brought up when we do the... every movie. Uh, <laughs> produced by Golan hey. Globus, though. Are you guys familiar with Golan Globus? Yeah, another weird production company. Right? They did New um, Year's Evil. It was horrible. They did Delta Force. It was less horrible. Yeah. Uh, still awful, uh, but fun. They're fun bad. Like, if, if you told me that Golan yes. Globus produced New York Ninja, I'd believe you, right? Because they just right. did fun movies, not, not focused on acting or plot. Uh, mostly just spectacle, loosely mm-hmm. connected by the characters being in the same scene as the last. Like, good stuff. But here's the thing. <laughs> where the major killer isn't talked about or shown at all, and then all of a sudden he's at the end. So Prom Night, yeah. <laughs> if you go back and watch, the brother is present throughout the movie and then kind of disappears in the third act because that's what happens in Whodunits. Uh, mm-hmm. But Prom Night does a couple of things very specifically that I think make it uh, kind of novel because you wouldn't see this again once Friday the 13th kind of grabs hold of the genre and pushes us into copycat killers with sexual trauma or childhood trauma who kill everybody and then die, but then don't die. Right. Right. In prom night, what you have is basically Halloween, the night he didn't come home. And it relies on the fact that you've seen Halloween or these other, you know, movies that have come out before then, which, you know, there's a couple, uh, in the Hitchcockian, uh, tradition of you know the psychopath right so they set up the psychopath but this is the only movie i can think of offhand where he becomes a red herring himself you have a legitimate Mm -hmm. escaped mental patient who is not coming to do the killing Mm -hmm. and it is such a ballsy move and i've not seen another movie pull it off with this much gusto you make a great point i can't think of anything off the top of my head where the the red herring is literally like just a complete red herring in this way it's, uh, it's nicely executed. It's almost so smoothly executing that it takes you a while to think about it because you're so wrapped up in uh, that. I mean, the, the final scene is so dramatic uh, where you have the killer shove JLC out of the way and you think, oh, she's going to get hers next. And then you, it never even occurs to you that, oh, she's actually not going to get hers because he's not mad at her. Like, this is a pure revenge killer. This isn't a psychopath. Right. I would have loved to have seen this film like without having seen every other slasher horror right. that I have seen. I imagine the impact a film like this has if you aren't familiar with everything that's happened in the last, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, whatever. Yeah, I wonder what that would be like. Hmm. 
Well, yeah. George doesn't have to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like with George, we watched Dust from Dust Till Dawn, and he had no idea. He had no trailer reference. He had no oh, commercial brilliant. reference. So he had no idea that the ending was vampires. Like he just was like, uh, so halfway through it changes to a completely yeah, different and film. Excellent. We Dan and I were both patting each other on the back because we were just like, yes. He, he no got idea. to watch it the way we didn't because we got bombarded with Salma Hayek turning into a snake vampire during the commercial trailer. So it was like <laughs> they gave, they just revealed it. Such so, a great film. Yes. I got to experience that film pr- probably like not many people You're ever. probably one of the only p- people other than people that are watching it now for the first time. We don't know how many there right, are. Right, not many. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, Dan, when, what year did uh, Sleepaway Camp come out? That had to be like 84. That's like in your third okay. wave. 83. So, yeah. So they kind of do the same red herring thing as well. What you have happened well. is, you know, the first wave all copy something from Halloween and try to clone it. Uh, the market determines, in that case, that Friday the 13th makes so much money and is so repeatable. And they rush so quickly to continue the story and make Friday the 13th Part 2 that by the time Part 2 is making money, Everybody realizes, oh, the way you make money is you have a killer that's going to come back uh, so that you can keep making sequels. You limit yourself to the morality, like kill the ones who do the bad things. You know, uh, the rules are established by 81. So in 82 and then 83 and 84, you have like this big rush of just all the like the high point of slashers. And then the market kind of dries up and Freddy Krueger changes everything. Hmm. To where by the time they get to Prom Night 2, uh, known as Hello Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, uh, which I believe is 85, uh, it's got a lot more Nightmare on Elm Street. 87, excuse me. So it's, you know, it's post-Freddy, and it shows. It is nothing mm. like, not connected to this story at all. But, it, you know, the Prom Night name from the first one, they were like, well, okay, let's see if we can squeeze more money out of this. It's good. It's fun. It. It is never going to get a real Blu-ray release, I'm afraid, because there's too much music licensed in it. It's going to be too expensive. <laughs> but it's also got insane, like, out-of-context nudity that you've never seen in a movie. Like, like it's just, I don't know. It's they bizarre. They know their formula. They know the formula. They Actually, their, and, <laughs> what's funny is Prom Night 2 and Prom Night 1 both borrow from Carrie heavily, and we haven't gone there yet mm-hmm. on the show. Yes. We right. But, yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, that was very much in my mind watching this. It was like, this is very Carrie, but... Yes, another uh, movie where 30-year-olds are in high school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, um, it is funny to think, like, Friday the 13th Part 7 and Prom Night were both like, what if you made a slasher movie out of Carrie? And the two are so right. divergent in how they executed that. Like, there's room in the world for both of those. Yeah, right. definitely. We, we haven't touched on uh, the music of Prom Night yet, Um and it was good. I'm not going to lie. It's great. They, they picked some slasher disco classics that I wasn't <laughs> familiar with, but absolutely, uh, I'm pretty sure one of them was just like saying kill, kill, kill over and over again. That might just be my memory. It's been a long day. But, it's like a Taylor uh, Swift song. Yeah, exactly <laughs> what I thought. I was like, I'm sure I've Adele's come up with something new. But uh, yeah, this <laughs> the soundtrack in this film did play a little bit of a part. It did. I liked it. I was there for it. Are we going to have a rash of TikTok dance slashers here in the next five years? I hope so. Trick or treat, motherfucker. <laughs> Trick or treat, motherfucker. <laughs> as long as he's in it, I'm good. Oh, my goodness. Did you notice wow. that when uh, Wendy is out in the car in the parking lot, that the visual mm-hmm. of her being menaced in the car is stolen directly in Halloween 2? 
which she is in. Only it's Jamie Lee Curtis in the car. Isn't that strange? Huh. Halloween 2 is like, hey, let's steal the star and uncredited co-star. And while we're at it, let's just borrow this whole scene and just plug it in. I I think Halloween 2 is probably out of the original three, which I know it's probably the original four is the ones that really count, but out of the first three Halloween films, Halloween 2 is the one. I think I've only seen that once. I can barely remember it. Uh, I've still got Donald Pleasance in it, hasn't it? Yeah, it's got Donald Pleasance. Yeah. Uh, it has Bud, the creepy ambulance guy. It's got a right. whole heap of deep red that's just been scooped out and uh, served up to us without any kind of credit to Argento. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's which, not. Which this film had in spades, to be fair. This had a lot of deep red, but it also had 70s orange in abundance, which I loved. The colors in this film were fantastic. There was a lot of Suspiria in this. And I mean, it makes sense, yeah. right? That money's making hand over fist. So why not throw some Suspiria lighting in to the carry scenes it, when we're copying Halloween? Like there really isn't a whole lot of this movie that's super original, but it's a strange kind of novel composition because of where it fit in the timeline. And also the balls to be like, oh yeah, we've got an escaped psychopath and he's not involved. <laughs> <laughs> But here's a well, scene at the disco in orange. Oops, I loved it. Oops, I loved oops, the use of oops. lighting. It was awesome. What would have been cool if, if if he was not just a red herring, but they actually made it look like he was the killer, and then the killer kills him. That would have been kind of cool. Well, see, you would, you would do that, that in 1986, right? As you're through right. the first wave, you now you have an expectation that he's the killer. So uh, it would be the next twist. Be like, okay, let's one-up it by having him killed by the guy who's the actual killer. Uh, it'd be like if Roy and Jason fought it out and Jason popped up and decapitated Roy. And now we're on to part six, right? Spoiler alert yeah, for too, a lot of movies. Too, too meta for 1980. Let's face it. It was, things were a lot simpler in 1980. We just needed one killer. We didn't need more than one reveal. It was too much. Hmm. Now, recently, uh, yesterday, in fact, uh, from when we we're recording this, I finally got to see 13 Fanboy. And I'm just going to give you that. a super mini review. Because I know we've talked about it uh, at length with Deborah Voorhees. Mm-hmm. Uh, she got me, guys. Good. I was impressed. I messaged her this morning. I said, "Lady, you got me." Okay. All right. Don't say anything else because yeah, I'm, I'm I, definitely going to watch it. I just haven't yeah, me been too. able to do it today. So check that movie out, guys. Everybody who's listening, uh, it's not just it's it's not just like a fan service. It's it's got a lot of that. You know, it, I spent yeah. half the movie going, "Oh, it's him. Oh, it's her. That's so cool." But it, it pays. In that it pays voice? dividends. Oh, yeah. My wife was <laughs> yeah, getting sick voice. of it quickly. Oh, oh, oh my God. Oh, oh my I watch God. it. It's that guy. It's <laughs> that guy I like. It's that guy. Oh, my God. It's Kane Holder. <laughs> That's hard. Are you doing better? It is funny to be like, oh, there's the guy that threatened George. Oh, there's the guy that showed us his guitar. Oh, the, you know, we're just... I feel like we've inserted ourselves into the community enough that now I can be like, hey, it's our guys. Yeah. Oh, look, it's E.T.'s mom. (laughs) (laughs) I I just, because I hadn't heard of it uh, until you mentioned it, so I just quickly Googled 13 Fanboy, and down the bottom of IMDb, there's a little clickbaity link for The Goonies 2, which I immediately clicked on. I was like, surely. Of course you did. And of course, there's nothing there. What's the point in that? That's just there to attract me. They now have your information. (laughs) They they now know. I went to see the Goonies at the cinema. That's how old I am. So yeah, that's that's good shit. 
That's my yeah. childhood. Minus the pirate yeah. ship, that's my childhood. Oh yeah. Well, I, I mean, the, <laughs> the the film that really hit me, and uh, hopefully George has seen it, is, is Ghostbusters. As a kid, go and see that in the cinema. Changed yeah, yes. my world. Yes, I have seen that. Another uh, friend from college that tried to fix me showed me that. that. One of the best jump scares ever in a PG film as well. Yes, that, yes. that is just absolutely you know. But uh, yeah, mm. we might revisit that for an episode just before. Uh, after like the reboot, yeah. yeah, or whatever it is, yeah, interesting. I'd, I'd like to watch that again. And you know, with prom night, I think more people are discovering it because of the recent remake, and then uh, that one was terrible. Which so hopefully, they go back and like, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, they go back and look at the real one, just like when Black Christmas got remade in the early two thousands. I hope more people went back and saw the original. Oh God, please. Well, from what I'm learning from the uh, the World Wide Web, um, when they make a remake. They don't give a shit about the nuance of the original. They just want kills. They want uh, violence. They want uh, hotness, maybe some sex, boobs, whatever. But they don't care about what the original story was and why it was important like you do. Like you go back and you say, oh, well, this was important because of A, B, or C. Yeah. The new producers are just like, no, it just wasn't gory enough, so we're just going to make it gory. Yeah, just ramp everything up or, to yeah, and levels. Then, or, counterpoint, what if producers now, uh, at least the competent ones, are saying, we have enough Halloween, Halloween 2, Halloween 4, Halloween 5, Halloween 6, Halloween 7, Halloween 8, being the exact same movie over and over, and instead, mm-hmm. what if we play in the universe, tell a different story, completely and add in some social commentary and allegory to please Dan and that one other guy on Twitter that caught on. <laughs> no, that, think... that's fine. As long as it's like, if it's germane to the original story where, yeah, it's going to be like, I'm, I'm reading an article right now where they're saying uh, Michael Myers could be homophobic. Because oh, don't read that clickbaity was... nonsense. Do you know why they okay, published it? Here, Travis, Travis, just for real. Do you know I mean, why that article got published? Why? Because forty percent of the audience would go, "Oh my god!" and then talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> right. Don't fall but for I... their traps, bro. <laughs> but what's funny is no, I saw the headline and it made me think. I'm like, actually, he was kind of tolerant because he he was accepting of their relationship he, and he posed he kills them as everybody. the same picture. He doesn't care, and, he, and he's non-discriminatory. He kills everybody, but he 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 showed them hey, respect uh, by, by laying them out like they hey, look hey, like in their picture. Travis, uh, hot yeah. take, hot take. Uh, COVID, old age, homophobic. <laughs> Wait. It's a stupid take. It it's a stupid take. That's a stupid article. <laughs> Don't give them your time. You have been no, victimized not, by these. I'm not fools. reading the article. Someone posted it on Monster Mania uh, Facebook page, and I saw it, and I was like, I can't believe they're wasting their time with this kind of crap. That's they're not all. wasting their time. It, like, they're wasting your it. time. They're wasting your yeah, brain yeah, space. Yeah, you're, you you're have fallen victim, man. I Get them out of your brain. Like I know, I know how the Halloween of today is really playing into that that mob mentality, which is great. It's a good idea to 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 see what happens to a town when when there's tragedy and they're they're faced with yeah uh, this 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 shape. You know what are you gonna do? What 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 happens when a thousand people go after the same target? Yes, I get the mob mentality. Yeah, where do you fall? And and I I did not I don't mind that. I think that's good because it's it, I mean they did that in Frankenstein. 
<laughs> yes. So it's like that yeah. that mob mentality the has existed. Spoiler yes. alert for Absolutely. a seven year old in horror fiction, movies yeah. forever. King yeah. Kong. King Kong yeah. was killed because of mob mentality and misunderstanding. Yeah. <laughs> huh? What do you say? Spoiler alert. Oh, spoiler, yeah, spoiler alert. Right. Alert, yeah. All right. The Kong was attacked. <laughs> <laughs> but. So even that movie had commentary. We're talking like 1933. Right. You know, and, it's coming and, off uh, of the depression. Frankenstein's you know, the ultimate one. You touched on it. Frankenstein was the ultimate. Should we be meddling with things beyond our ability? Horror exactly. story. You know, written uh, probably over a few nights by a very high wife of Percy Shelley. So, uh, right. <laughs> what what a fantastic story! But it, it has captivated. But why do we enjoy? And and this goes back to why I enjoyed today's film. Uh, why did I enjoy Prom Night? Because it was escapism. There was nothing in it that made my brain have to seriously think. There was nothing in it that made me like, oh, am I going to have a massive jump scare in a minute? It was very soft. It was right. real nostalgia. I felt like I, you know, there were a lot of great 1980s style looks about it. I was like, I feel like I'm back in the late 70s, early 80s. So that's lovely. That's why we like films, escapism. We mm -hmm. don't watch horror films to be reminded of how oh, horrible life. our life is. That's yep. what the news is for. That's what Fox is there for. But we like to have escapism, and they need more of that in horror films, for sure. Um, that's my little horror film agreed, rant over. Agreed. <laughs> there are some great horror films at the moment. Sorry, I, I'm just making light of it, but a lot of them are shite. There are great horror films that have a commentary. You know, it, it's it's fine. Like if if a creature is created by, I mean, look at Godzilla. Godzilla's social commentary based on nuclear tests and new, basically when we drop bombs on other countries, they create Godzilla. They create right. sixty foot praying mantises or whatever it is that that we create. <laughs> I did enjoy um, King Kong versus Godzilla, by the way, because again brain switches off completely i'm just watching it for the cgi ironically just, I, the brain just, switched off for the 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 script writer the as production. well right <laughs> but you don't need it because you're gonna just see a fucking stupid giant gorilla attack a giant lizard and the, it's gonna be like fireworks that's all you're watching but the acting didn't do it for travis he needed acting he wanted to believe the but motivation of the the robot dinosaur whatever it is that's what it would have been awesome. When he did it as a stage play, it was way better. Stage play Godzilla versus no, King Kong was way no, better. No, no, no. The issue... The acting was awful, actually. No. The issue the issue with King Kong Godzilla is the opposite, Dan. The acting in it is fine. The effects are great. The, it's the plot the device. Visuals, the... the plot sucked. Yeah. And the fact that they tried to make a plot made me angry. I want to see a gorilla fight a, a lizard in the middle That's of the hypocritical, city. That's hypocritical, man. You need to pick it. a position and stick it. with it. But when you start talking about <laughs> middle of the earth, eh, not really. No. Dan, but the, the <laughs> script is what ruined it because they got too, they got too <sighs> cute with it. I mean, But you've just proved why Prom Night is a great film. Because even right. if it's not a great mu murder mystery slasher film... You get to see 10 minutes of Jamie Lee Curtis doing a routine. Like, it's mm -hmm. literally, it's just a showpiece for the lights, music, and Jamie Lee Curtis dancing. And she really meant those moves. You could tell. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling they shot that as like a 20-minute scene. And then they finished the movie and they're like, okay, we're at 76 minutes. All right, give me, you know, nine minutes of the dance scene and then cut. Her acting in that scene was on point. So She's I'm a there for dancer, this film. You can tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I think cut it's in the mashed like... potato. We can do that. We can have the mashed <laughs> potato. We can do the Superman. Get them all in there now. We've got the time. I think it's kind of, I don't want to bring up American Werewolf again, but it's kind of like where Landis told Baker, make this creature, I'm going to shoot it for five minutes, and we're going to use 30 seconds of it. And then when Landis saw what Rick Baker created, he couldn't film enough of it. Yeah. And he couldn't put enough of it in the movie to where, you know, Baker was like, it was only supposed to be a certain amount of time, that transformation scene. But it's yeah. a good, what, four minutes? Three and a half once minutes? A, it's great. Once again, you know, uh, some rubbery bits in it, of course, but practical effects versus CGI, practical Always. effects wins once yep. again. Because that is just the... And, Again, it's down to the audio. The cracking of the bones as his hand mm-hmm. stretches. It it sticks with you as a kid. That is is way better than anything I've seen Hollywood come up with in the last ten years with infinite CGI essentially. They can make anything happen now, so they make it all really bland. Yeah, American Werewolf in London, in uh in Paris will show you that. I've to- only seen that film once and that tells total you. Total CGI werewolf and it's terrible. Do you think we should tell George what he's watching next week? I think uh, Richard already did. <laughs> did I? So, yeah. so here's, here's the thing, George. I have a pet peeve as a Halloween aficionado. I hate it when September 1st comes and people are already hinting toward, ooh, it's almost the holiday season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, dude, I got to get to Halloween first. And then once we get to Halloween... You know, beginning of November, I'm still in like my Halloween hangover. I'm watching Halloween Resurrection. I'm hating my life. It's great. Then we have the debate. When do we put up the Christmas tree, right? And half of or more of my neighbors, it's like November 1st, boom. It's like wow. full Christmas. And mm. I drag it out. I can, my rule at home is we don't put that thing up until after Thanksgiving. Right. That's a good rule. I like now, that rule. here's the thing. Yeah. We're going to violate our rule a little bit here, George. You and Travis and I and Richard, anytime he wants to hop aboard, we're going to enjoy ourselves a little early Jamie Lee Christmas. Because mm. nice. we know that you love Jamie Lee Curtis. I do. And we also know that it's nearly Christmas. You could say that, yeah. So, Travis, what are we watching next? Next week is a movie <laughs> <laughs> that uh, Richard mentioned. Sorry. That's okay. It was, I smirked when you said it. Uh, we are it's clear to... that we are going the right direction if this is where your mind went watching exactly. this movie. Right. We're going to be watching the classic Trading Places. And we're not going to tell you anything else about it. Tell you anything except about that it? it's JLC. Very good. One of my favorite films of all time. Another John Landis film. Just brilliant. Absolutely for many, brilliant For many film. reasons that we'll probably talk about next week. John yeah. Landis and Jamie Lee Curtis? Yes, we're bringing your worlds together, George. Wow. The double J. J-L-J-L-C. 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 See, it works. <laughs> See, it, works. it wrote itself. <laughs> that sounds like a scene out of Halloween Kills. Does the theme <laughs> Does the theme go like, trading places, trading places, <laughs> trading places? Yeah, can you sing the theme, Dan? <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and, and assess the score. Okay. Richard, are you aware of our, our rule? Not our rule. Our uh, observed, You're uh, observed musical yeah, Dan, score. Dan observed Dan's going to die on this island. The Dan, the, Dan, the, observed Dan observed this. Certain things apply to just one of us. This is one of those things. Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. You're certain sure. genre movie scores <laughs> are as simple as the guy writing them 
pounded out the name of the movie on a piano and said, done. There it is. <laughs> now yep. you gotta we sing go into it at length in the thing episode, yes. but just for a quick sampler, the movie, the thing, the thing, the thing, Halloween, 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 Halloween. <laughs> Jaws. So that's, that's tenuous, Jaws. dude. Halloween is tenuous, man. <laughs> Superman. Jaws. Superman. Superman. Batman, Batman. <laughs> he did them all. <laughs> or I dare say, the remedial film class podcast. <laughs> hey, I love that's how I wrote music, it. by yeah. the way. Your I, theme music John is Carpentered. Awesome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> My favorite. Have one you heard is the, the uh, Halloween one. variant yet? I, I haven't. Richard, have no, you, I would have to check it the, out. The Halloween, the Fall Break Twenty One episodes all have a Halloween-inspired variant. Yes. Of the same theme. I love it's, that so much. It's like playing if I have Halloween time to make a Christmas one, I'm going to try to do that. Oh, you got to do like sleigh bells. It, in just there. sleigh bells. That's all you need to do. <laughs> I was saying this to Bro. I was like, yeah. Bro, we need to change the music up to make this a Christmas episode of the podcast. He's like, I don't know what to do. I was like, just add some sleigh bells to the to the whole track that's it instant christmas music you're done <laughs> nothing I'm else like, required well, if i uh if i cop out and do sleigh bells I, I will not credit you guys but everybody will know why i did it <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah i'm excited well we gotta thank you richard thank you so much for joining us on oh, the thanks for having film me class podcast you're welcome here anytime it was a lot of fun having you man you're I, now I, a friend I, of the show Oh, that's Friend so of kind of you. Yeah. I have to say, I've really enjoyed myself. I, I, I'm actually in awe of you all uh, for your knowledge. Uh, well, other than you, George, but I'm in awe of you for other reasons. <laughs> well, uh, hey. <laughs> because, like I say, over here, I, I was the weird kid who liked American horror films in England mm. in, in like the 80s. We didn't get Fangoria. If I got an issue of oh. Fangoria, I got it like handed down by you know, the brother of a friend of a right. person who worked in a film. So just talking geeky stuff with you guys has been awesome fun. And yeah, I'd absolutely love to, to join you again on uh, on something cool um, if if your audience doesn't all turn up when they I'm, hear my stupid English voice. I'm going to make you jealous. I still have about all of my issues of Fangoria magazine. I still have them. I mean, if we're going into the jealousy thing, I've kissed <laughs> Princess Leah, so... Oh. Yeah, the she, the year she died though, so damn. you know. <laughs> yeah, you got me on that one, dudes. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much. Yes, Thank thanks you. for coming on. Thank you for joining us. Send my uh, send my love to Brian and Blake. I definitely will. <laughs> yeah, tell the dudes we say hey. I definitely will. Now that we spoke about this off air, uh, I said I was coming to, and Brian is full of love for not not so much you, Travis, because he doesn't know you, but That's he's fine. clearly uh, full of love for all of you dudes. He was very very happy to uh, hear about it. So uh, we we totally love the fact that you've gone on to do this podcast as well. I think it's absolutely superb, and I think it's going to get stronger and stronger. Yeah, and this, this and we podcast never would have met. Yeah, yeah. I met George because of the Wampler group, and I found the Wampler group because of the podcast. Right, chasing down. So, so a nice bit of serendipity to have me on for an episode, even though I've only been on. Actually, I say I've only been on Chasing Tone for a minute. It's been a year now, which is really quite scary because that's just flown by. But you know, I'm very new to the Wampler scene overall, even though I now do lots of stuff for them. Um, but yeah, no, very awesome, very nice bit of serendipity. Well, thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class podcast. As always, you can find us at Twitter and Instagram at Remedial Film Pod. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Remedial Film Pod. If you're listening to this on YouTube, 
We're also on all your favorite podcast services like Apple and Spotify. And if you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify or Podcast Addict or Stitcher or Amazon, you can also find us on YouTube. We'll be back next week with Trading Places and Jamie Lee Christmas. (laughs) 